Oh, 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 oh,
JM in the AM. Good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM. 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, JM in the AM dot ORG. Well, we're dedicating that Birchas HaChodesh from um, Yisrael Williger. Doing the Birchas HaChodesh of Reb Shlomo Kalbach. We're dedicating that to our friends at uh, Anshe Fabiwood. Yeah, they were kind enough to pay tribute to Reb Shlomo on his yard site. And they will not see me today. I was in uh, I was in Williamsburg early this morning. So they won't see me today. But I am trying to maintain this... Uh, <laughs> this interesting schedule, either before or after the show. Um, it's a Friday morning. Friday morning, November the 6th. If you see Stacy Siegel today, wish her a happy wedding anniversary. She's put up with this for 26 years. Yeah, she's put up with this for 26 years. Yeah, she does deserve a medal. Don't think I don't know it. So, a uh, happy anniversary. Um... To my uh, darling wife. Uh, it is the, um, what is today's Hebrew day? 24th of Mar Cheshvan, right? Today's the 24th day in the month of Mar Cheshvan. The year 5776, Tavshinai and Vav. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Chaye Sarah. Special greetings to those who are in the holy city of Hebron today for an amazing Chaye Sarah. And, um, well, Ben Rosh Chodesh, uh, tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Kislev will be Thursday and Friday. Ooh, gotta keep that in mind for next week. Rosh Chodesh Kislev will be Thursday and Friday. Keep that in mind and uh, get ready for a great month of Kislev. Chanukah is always incredible. And this year I'm sure it'll be incredible as well. Candle lighting time on this uh, Erev Shabbos Parshas Chaye Sarah. Are you ready for this? 426, 426 is candle lighting time. I know it's a lot earlier than you're used to. You know why? We're now on standard time. So 426 is candle lighting time on this Erev Shabbos. And uh, do what you need to do to make sure not to get uh, caught by the clock in any way on Erev Shabbos. That would be terrible. <laughs> you want to make sure to, uh, you want to make sure to, um, be where you need to be as early as you can so that uh, you don't jeopardize the beginning of Shabbos. 426 candle lighting time on this era of Shabbos. Uh, right now, 66 degrees. We've got 92% humidity. Winds are west at 6 miles per hour. Morning clouds, afternoon sun, and a high of 75. Wow. Tonight, mostly cloudy and 60. Tomorrow starts cooling off a bit. Cloudy skies for Shabbos with 64 degrees. Right now, we're at 66 here in Jersey City, as we say good morning at JM in the AM, 20 minutes before 7 o'clock. Weekly update, Malcolm Honline will join us coming up uh, just about an hour from now. Uh, you can hear it clearly on the NSN app from anywhere around the world. So I suggest you uh, install the app on your Android or iPhone. And uh, Rabbi Yudin, of course, with Parshas Chayes Sarah. We'll wrap things up at 9 o'clock. Then Naomi Nachman with our... With our um, Table for two program at 10 a.m. Kedem presents an amazing Erev Shabbos music mix. In the 1 o'clock hour this afternoon, in honor of Eitan Katz's appearance at the Young Israel of Tineke over Shabbos, or tomorrow night, I'll find out exactly when it is. Um, at 1 o'clock this afternoon, one hour of his amazing Erev Shabbos selections. Eitan Katz will be uh, 
focused upon in the 1 o'clock hour during our Erev Shabbos music mix. You'll be able to catch that and much, much more between the beginning of the mix and candle lighting time at jmnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. Amazing programming all weekend long. We, of course, will be at 1 o'clock Sunday at the Achiezer Elder Care Plus program. That's in the... Uh, that's in the Marriott at LaGuardia Airport. So we will be there on Sunday starting at 1. Uh, before that, Matis hosts JM Sunday beginning at the 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, Court Report with Elliot Weiselberg and everything you need to know about Yeshiva League Sports. 7 p.m. Sunday night on our stream at jmnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. More coming up. This is uh, Shlomo Simcha. Oh, 
J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning, 7 o'clock in the morning. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Chaye Sarah. Best regards to our friends in Hebron. I see there was a uh, an attack uh, earlier today near Hebron. What we've heard is that, uh, thank God, there were no injuries. <coughs> but um, a car ramming attempt and a stabbing within an hour. Well, maybe I'm wrong then. Maybe in one of these episodes there was an, industry, an injury. IDF soldier stationed at Kalchalchul Bridge in the West Bank fired on and stuck, struck a Palestinian female motorist they suspected of attempting to run them over on Friday. Incident began when a suspicious vehicle drove at the soldiers. Soldiers. The second attack, a terrorist reportedly stabbed and wounded one Israeli in Shar Binyamin, located north of Yerushalayim. So yeah, there is a an injury obviously in that case. And we pray for the uh, welfare of our brothers and sisters in Israel. And, of course, uh, special attention this Shabbat Chayesara for everybody who's visiting Hebron and living in Hebron in that area. It's a place we've been to many, many times this time of year. And um, we just uh, hope everything goes safe and sound over Shabbat. Candle lighting at 426. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Kislev Thursday and Friday, Galitzal in the background, Galitzal Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. We say Boker Toe from JM and the Galitzal Ashashtayim, Kan Shibel Karmi Mansur, Imashikore Achshav. פיגועת קירה במועצה האזורית מטה בנימין, גבר ישראלי נפצע ככל הנראה בינוני עד קשה. כתבנו טל אברהם. המכבד דקר את הישראלי בפלא גופו העליון מספר דקירות, מצבו קשה. המכבד על פי הדיווחים ברח מהמקום בעזרת רכב נוסף, זו אפשרות שנבדקת. כרגע מתנהל מרדף מוקדם יותר, ניסיון פיגוע דריסה באזור חלחול. חיילי צהל פתחו באש לעבר רכב שניסה לדרוס אותם. הפלסטין תחשודת מחבלת נפצעה קשה. עד כאן. ראש הממשלה נתניהו מבהיר, לא אמרתי שאשכול מחדש את מינוי הדוקטור רן ברץ לתפקיד ראש מערך ההסברה הלאומי. כתבתנו אליל שחר. 
בחשבון הטוויטר שלו כתב ראש הממשלה, לא אמרתי שיש כל מחדש את מינויו של דוקטור רן ברץ, אלא שאטפל בנושא עם שובי לארץ. נתניהו צייץ את הדברים, לאחר שדובר מחלקת המדינה ג'ון קירבי אמר אמש שקרי שוחח עם נתניהו על האמירות הפוגעניות של ברץ על הנשיא אובמה, ומהשיחה הבין קרי שנתניהו מתכוון לבחון את המינוי שנית. מצרים אינה מאפשרת למטוסים בריטיים לנחות בשער המשך למרות שבמקום ממתינים עשרות אלפי תיירים מהממלכה המעוניינים לחזור לביתם. כך דיברה חברת איזיג'ט הבריטית. תייר בריטי בשדה התעופה בשער המשך אומר, הממשלה קיבלה החלטה טובה, בסך הכל הם דואגים לאזרחים שלהם, אני חושב שאם הדברים היו מאורגנים בצורה טובה יותר, היה קל יותר להשיב אותנו הביתה. מוקדם יותר היום דווח בבריטניה כי גורמי ביטחון בממלכה סבורים שהמטוס התרסק בשל פצצה שהוטמנה בבטן המטוס לפני ההמראה. שר התחבורה כץ פועל לבטל את ההסדר שאינו מאפשר לחיילים לנסוע ברכבת ישראל בחינם בימי ראשון בבוקר. כתבנו ניתאי ענבי. שר התחבורה ישראל כץ פועל לבטל את ההסדר שמונהג מאז 2012 שלפיו חיילים נדרשים לשלם על נסיעות ברכבת בימי ראשון בין השעות 6 ל-9 בבוקר או להשתמש בשירות אוטובוסים חלופי שמופעל ישירות לבסיסים. בהסדר לא הייתה כוונה לייצר מציאות שחייל שידו משגת משלם ונוסע ברכבת ואחרים לא, כתב כץ. טרם ידוע מתי תיכנס שגרירות ארצות הברית בישראל פרסמה מספר סרטוני וידאו במטרה להנגיש את תהליך הנפקת הוויזות לאזרחי ישראל. הנה קטע מאחד הסרטונים. שלום, אני השגריר דן שפירו. כשאתם מגיעים לרעיון לוויזה, אתם תתקשו את הצוות הקונסולרי הנפלא הזה, הנמצא כאן כדי לוודא שאתם עומדים בדרישות החוק האמריקאי. ואם כן, להנפיק לכם את הוויזה. מזג האוויר, סופות רעמים וברקים מלוות בגשם, צפויות במהלך היום ברוב חלקי הארץ, תחול ירידה בטמפרטורות, הערב ומחר יוסיף לרדת גשם. בשירות המטאורולוגי מזהירים מפני הצפות באזור מישור החוף ומשיטפונות בזק בבקעת הירדן, במדבר יהודה, בנגב ובערבה. אלה החדשות שעורכת טלי חזקאלי, בצוות נווה וייס ושגיא גבאי. שלנו לדורי דורו, 
מאז לעד ולתמיד לנצח נצח Daddy in Hebron. Keeping in mind our brothers and sisters in Hebron all the time, but especially on this Shabbat Chayei Sarah. That's Daddy here at JM in the AM. Ten minutes after seven o'clock. Good morning. Candle lighting at 426 on this Erev Shabbos. Parshas Chayei Sarah. Yeah. yeah, I think you could tell how badly I want to be there in Hebron. Chef Barret called me earlier. 
we have spent, uh, we've spent, I believe we spent more than one Shabbat together in Chevron on Chaye Sarah. Maybe even more than that. Who remembers at this point? And uh, those Friday nights walking up to Tel Romeda and meeting and greeting the Israeli soldiers and enjoying an Oneg Shabbos. There's nothing like it. Uh, I wish I could be there tonight and we say, uh, we say, uh, um, a Shabbat Shalom and a, uh, and a stay safe to all of our brothers and sisters in Israel and, of course, in Hebron on this uh, amazing Shabbat Chayi Sarah. Hey, I want to welcome all the Chabad Shluchim who are in from around the world. Yeah. There have been sightings. There have been sightings in a variety of places. The Chabad Shluchim, I know, I thought the Shluchim conference was last week. I was wrong. <laughs> i got to apologize to Rabbi Herson for that. Uh, the Chabad Shluchim are in from around the world. It is the big Shabbos and, of course, the big banquet on uh, on uh, Sunday night. And um, it's really an amazing and incredible gathering. So a big welcome to those uh, from around the world who are here in the New York area for the next few days. Um, we mentioned that Eitan Katz is going to be featured in the 1 o'clock hour today on our stream at jmnam.org, sort of a tribute uh, or, or, or a um, reminder that he's going to be at the Unusual of Teaneck. That event is tomorrow night. I'm told it's sold out. Uh, that event's happening tomorrow night at the Unusual of Teaneck, so enjoy. Eitan Katz, as uh, you know, I think is amazing. We've got the uh, Elder Care Plus event going on. That's this coming Sunday. Uh, nearly 50 vendors exhibiting products and services that can dramatically enhance lives. Uh, this Sunday, November the 8th, at the LaGuardia, LaGuardia Marriott Hotel. A one-day event with an incredible array of uh, conferences, sessions, on retirement planning, hospital-based challenges for the critically ill, how do Medicare Advantage plans work, nutrition, dementia, uh, fall and injury prevention, financial planning, caring with dignity, caring for yourself, It is plus other special addresses as well. And we'll be there starting at 1 o'clock webcasting. That webcast is being sponsored by um, uh, by uh, Ahuva and Shuli Wolman and family, Lezech Anishma Shuli's father, Yaakov Mordechai Ben Avraham Lipa HaKohen. And we are looking forward to being there Sunday at 1 o'clock. You can go to achiezer.org slash eldercare for information. achiezer.org slash eldercare for information. More coming up. This is JM in the AM.
It's Rabbi Avram Willigan family with um, the brand new Levavos volume number two that's called Sim Shalom. Deddy before that, of course, with Chevron and this Arab Shabbos Parshas Chaye Sarah. Candle lighting at 426. I know it's early. 426. Beware. 426 is candle lighting time. Can't say it enough times on these uh, weeks where we've switched back to standard time. Happy anniversary, Stacy Siegel. Anybody who sees her today, wish her a happy anniversary. She's put up with this for 26 years, and I know people always say that, you know, put up with this, put up with that. In this case, she's put up with a lot. So <laughs> I wish her a happy anniversary, well-deserved. Uh, Friday morning on this era of Shabbos with morning clouds, afternoon sun, a high temperature of 75. Great programming all through the weekend, don't forget, including our special live webcast at 1 o'clock Sunday from the Elder Care Plus event. Make sure to be tuned in for that, and, uh, and well, chances are there's so many people coming to that event, chances are you actually may be there. 
to see us uh, performing live, so to speak. Rabbi Pesach Lerner, who is, of course, the Executive Vice President Emeritus of the National Council of Young Israel and is always involved in uh, some great cause on behalf of our people, is with us live via telephone. Rabbi Lerner, it's been a while. An honor to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you, and happy anniversary. I appreciate that very much. I would be remiss to have you on the air. Everyone out there, not everyone, but most people know that you are uh, likely the uh, one of the closest connections among community leaders to Jonathan Pollard. We're all concerned about him. We all keep hearing about good news that could be happening in November of 2015. Is there anything publicly you could tell us on the issue of Jonathan Pollard? Well, thanks first of all, thanks for asking, and thanks for your support all these years. Certainly. Emir Tashem. By the end of the month, Jonathan will be leaving um, the prison. He will be released. He'll be coming to uh, someplace in New York and uh, hopefully begin to build his, his, rebuild his life. Unfortunately, they're not really letting him go. They're, he's leaving the prison, but he has very serious restrictions. He has to wear GPS so they know where he is all the time. He has uh, a curfew. He has to get a job. But he's not allowed to use the internet, and which is a kind of contradiction because Jonathan was arrested. There was no internet. Right. And we're concerned that maybe they're trying to set him up so they can say he broke his parole and send him back. It's uh, normally speaking, a situation like this: you let him go, you let him go. Report to your parole officer once a month, and don't bother us. But they're keeping uh, the reins on very tightly, and. Uh, Besides the fact his travel, obviously, is very restricted, forget the fact that he can't go to Israel. I live in Farakaway, and I'm not trying to get him for Shabbos because he'll miss his parole. As you said, Shabbos is 4.30, his whatever, excuse me, he'll miss his uh, curfew. curfew. So, at the um, moment, we're taking one day at a time. Yeah, that I'm sure. Emir Tashim, he'll be out soon. He'll get the medical attention he so badly needs and um, begin to put his life together, but it's not over yet. As we say, as he says, no celebrations until I'm at the Kotel. The, um, so, you mentioned the medical help he needs, uh, and not that and not that either of us are doctors, but we're familiar with terms like serious, critical, etc. How would you describe his health? Um, thank God he's alive and well, in a in general sense. Good. He has diabetes, he has heart conditions, he's got... Um, He's carrying water. He's got nasal nasal issues. He's got a lot, a lot of issues. That he's got kidney stones. That he, if he spent one night in the hospital, they can get rid of them all. But at the prison, you can't spend one night in the hospital. It's got to be in and out. So, and we don't know how one is affecting the other. We don't know how his heart is. So the hope is he'll get some medical attention, one piece at a time, and he'll put himself back together again. The important thing is he's getting out. The important thing is. And one day down the road, no, you'll have him on the show, and you'll understand this guy was bright, sensitive. And I tell people if he'd come Friday night to my Shabbos table, we wouldn't get up till Thursday afternoon because he has so much to say and so much in, so interesting person. But <laughs> you, 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 after, the injustice was done. Right. It's not being corrected. It's being it's not being fixed. He's getting out. Nobody's favor. It was because at the end of thirty years, it's a mandated parole. So it's not connected to anything or anybody. And uh, he met the Shem, he'll come back and he'll start to put his life together with his wife, who M- sacrificed her life all these years for him. Miraculous that he's still around. You, you were certainly someone who could testify to that, and thank yep. God he is still around. And you just mentioned something that I've been dreaming about, speaking with him on the air. And um, 
I, 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 you know, look, on the list of people who've been helpful to him, I am very, very close to the bottom, but I have this unbelievable desire to just let him know that in our shul, we publicly pray for him every Shabbos, and we've been doing that for 25 years. And I have this unbelievable desire to just let him know that, that again, even though he's probably never heard from me, if you recall, the one time that I was supposed to visit him, the government authorities were not happy with me going to visit him, so I didn't go, um, which happened at the last minute. But, but I just have this desire to let him know that simple folks like me, you know, even plenty who don't have a microphone like this, just always have kept him in mind. So hopefully well, I'll have that What I have to do, Nochem, is make sure that when Emir Tashem down the road a couple of weeks, we make sure he's listening. Ah. And tell you, Nochem, he's listening. Now it's your chance to tell him everything you want to tell him. Oh, phenomenal. Whether or not he'll phenomenal. get on the air, well, based on restrictions. And yeah, believe me. <laughs> but you know what? One oh. day we're going to say, I'm, Nochem, I'm sitting here with Jonathan. Exactly. He's listening to the radio. Now's our chance. Exactly. That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> and I wouldn't have brought it up, but you did, and I thank you for that. Um, Rabbi Lerner's with us, believe it or not, not to focus this morning, although it is important every morning to focus on Jonathan Pollard, but in addition, he has, he has, I, I'm going to say it like this, Rabbi Lerner, you've stumbled across an amazing brotherly, or I should say Jewish brotherhood and sisterhood project that you have brought to people's attention, and now you and others in Israel uh, have, want to make this even bigger, and people in this audience can help. Explain to everybody what happened here. You, you are 100% correct. We stumbled on it. <laughs> Malcolm, I have a close friend, his name is Yossi Goldberger, who sure. you've met, you've talked to. Oh, yeah. Yossi Goldberger is an Ish HaChesed. He lives for Chesed. He, it, he's magnetic to Chesed. Well, there's a radio, TV, radio personality in Israel named Elad Amedi. Elad Amedi is, is a, he calls himself a secular Jew. I told him, I'm not sure what a secular Jew is, especially in your case. <laughs> in any case, lately with the situation in Israel being very tense, if you walk down the streets of Israel today, you can see a lot of soldiers every place. They're coming up from all over. They've been, uh, they're there. They're working overtime. I hate to say it, the IDF is not great on logistics with food and support for the troops. In many cases, here especially, because they're all over the place. And Elad announced on his radio show one afternoon, a week ago, two weeks ago, and he said, you know what? we got to say thank you to our soldiers. we got to give them a hug. They're hungry. They're cold. Let's do something. And he announced that tonight, at so-and-so location, me and my friends are going to be there. Any soldier that wants, come, coffee, tea, soup, some sandwiches, you know, a place to hang out, we're there for you. And lo and behold, that night, tens and tens of volunteers showed up from across the spectrum. Not yarmulkes, no yarmulkes, beards, no beards, anything you want, they all showed up. And a lot of soldiers showed up. And it became a big thing, and he talks about it on his radio show, and again, he's a secular a radio personality, so it comes from a different perspective. In any case, Yossi Goldberg is driving one morning, and here's the thing. He says, this is, let's do something. So he tracks down El Aramedi, conferences him with me. We talk about the project. I already hear in Yossi's voice what he's thinking, and I said, okay, Yossi, let's do it. El what would it cost to do a barbecue? And I'm talking about, let's do it right. <laughs> he gives me a price of like $1,800, which is shtuyot. You know, it's not a lot of money. Right. Excuse me. Last Monday, Monday, a week, uh, five days ago, at seven o'clock at night in Israel, which is noon here, I get a phone call, and they put me on FaceTalk, whatever that is. And you see already the barbecues going. You see people coming. Nahum, let me tell you that 
barbecue started at 7 p.m. Monday night. It ended at 2 a.m. in the morning. They handed out close to 1,500 sandwiches. <laughs> there were hundreds of soldiers that were coming. There were soldiers that came and said, I left my group. I got 20. They handed him 20 wrapped sandwiches. They put it in a sakit in the bag, and the guy drove off. I was watching from my phone. There were calls coming in. We're over here. We're over there. We're sending somebody and these 20 sandwiches. At one point, the volunteers from Hatsala and Zaka on their motorcycles were picking up and delivering. It was, I mean, if I say it, it was a madhouse. It's a compliment. Okay, yeah. And behind the grill, you had yarmulkes and beards and secular Jews and men and women, young and old, who were working together with one cause. We have to say thank you to our soldiers. These are the people that are on the front. They're working overtime. They're protecting us. He asked me, Elad asked me, who should I thank? Uh, no, none of us want the credit here. Tell him, Yehudim, that the im shebechul lahem. Orthodox Jews and chutzlors that care. And he said, that's what I said. I said, tell that. And he started telling people. And I was watching on my on the phone, whatever it's called. And I was watching, and the people were saying, you're kidding. People, Orthodox Jews from who? What? And here's a, a secular Jew. Again, I'm not sure what secular means in any case, especially in his case. And he's announcing on his radio show the next day the whole event. Wow. And he had the following. So you can figure out where he is politically. He tells me the story. He says, I got up and I said, you know, we're all praying for peace, for peace, for peace. I don't believe. He says, I'm not a writer. I'm just a realist. I don't believe there's going to be peace between us and the Palestinians, us and the Arabs. I don't believe it. I don't see it. However, maybe all these brachot, all these brachas that we're giving, there'll be peace, and peace really means amongst us. Because I see that we really care for each other. I see that we can work together. I see we're good. You have Orthodox Jews from America that are sponsoring these barbecues. So the Kiddush Hashem that was there, besides the fact that thank you to the soldiers. So Yossi Goldberger and I, crazy as we are, we said, Eldad, we're going to try to sponsor one barbecue, serious, super barbecue every week. <laughs> Last week he was in Yerushalayim. Yeah. This coming week it's going to be in Gush Etzion. Wow. And they're going to focus on making sure that everybody in the Hebron area is, is, gets a sandwich somehow. Because Hebron's, you can't have a barbecue in Hebron. It's a little too much. And the week after we be back in Yerushalayim, he's talking about it. And what we're doing now is this collecting from the Amcha. Sponsor a hamburger. Sponsor a soda. Uh, it's $1,800 to $2,000 for the barbecue. Um, the more money we raise, every nickel is going to be going to the barbecue. There's no cost of manpower because everything in Israel, everything that's being done is volunteers. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. All right, the videos going out there, it's just unbelievable. Rabbi Lerner, how do people do this? How do they contribute and be part of this uh, well, wonderful expression of love for our brethren? <laughs> that's a good good question because it's very happening very fast. If they want, the easiest thing is go to the website Help Katif, a website that's left over or we're still using when we raise money for the, for the former families of Gush Katif for the Chagim. If you go to Help Katif, and contribute dot com dot org what is it i think it's dot org helpkatif dot org you go on there you can use pay, uh, credit cards paypal just in the memo sign put down for the barbecue if anybody else wants they can send the check to us and that's the ccjh 
Coordinating Council for Jewish Homeland, CCJH, 567 Cedar Hill Road, C-E-D-A-R Hill Road, Farrakaway, New York, 11691. That's 567 Cedar Hill Road, Farrakaway, New York, 11691. Tax deductible CCJH. We're going to start putting some emails out. All this is happening fast. All this is happening with volunteers. Well, it's a wonderful gesture, and obviously based on the reaction, the soldiers appreciate it like you can't imagine, right? No, so. it's, it's, when you can put together... Soldiers, one last story. Soldiers, a, a group of soldiers showed up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and they said we couldn't get here. 2 o'clock in the morning, there wasn't a thing left. <laughs> Yossi Goldberger says, no soldiers coming to my barbecue and walking home empty. Stay here. I'll be back in 20 minutes. I will find an all-night falafel store. How many falafels do you need? 20 minutes later, half hour later, he goes back with 40 falafels. And he sent the soldiers on the way. The, it's the, I could sense the emotion on over the phone, over the videos. It's just something that was just beautiful. And you have to, you have to watch some of the videos that we do have. Hundreds of soldiers. And they break out in song. I'm your soul. Hi. No matter what background they're from. It doesn't make a difference. Nobody cared. There was one mission. It is amazing. Thank you. It is amazing. Pesach Lerner is with us. Uh, It's very simple, and and the website is active. I see it right now. Go to helpkatif, K-A-T-I-F, helpkatif.org. If you designate your uh, donation there for this project, we'll we'll call it the barbecue project. If you dedicate um, uh, your funds to that, then it'll go straight to that, helpkatif.org. Helpkatif.org. If you want to make a check payable, it's to CCJH, CCJH, and that's 567 Cedar Hill Road in Farakaway, 11691. That's CCJH, 567 Cedar Hill Road in Farakaway, 11691. And the easiest way, obviously, is helpkatif.org. I learn, I appreciate the update. Great reuniting with you in this uh, fashion. Let's continue to do as many... Not in, in, the, in the near future, we're going to have that phone call and say Jonathan's listening and give your yourself and your audience a chance to tell him uh, we, we're thankful that he's out and we pray that soon he'll be standing at the Kotel. Oh, tremendous. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful Thank Shabbos. Thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Rabbi Pesach Lerner, it's JM in the AM on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Chayesara, candle lighting at 426. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh Thursday and Friday. We'll be Rosh Chodesh Kislev at Shabbat Chavron. This is JM in the AM. <laughs> Mama Rose.
Friday morning on this Arab Shabbos Parshas Chaye Sarah that shall shell us with Mugain Avos. Candle lighting at 426. Very early. Keep it in mind. First uh, week on standard time. 426. Candle lighting time on this Arab Shabbos. Well, Ben Shosh Chodesh. Shosh Chodesh Kislev will be Thursday and Friday. Want to uh, acknowledge those who are part of the Congressional Tribute to the United States Israel Security Alliance. This uh, took place yesterday in Washington, D.C. Co-chairs of the event included Leon Goldenberg, Joseph Stamm, Stanley Tritel, Miles Berger, Saul Goldner, and Ellie Verschleiser. A uh, congratulations to uh, those members of the United States House of Representatives who were recognized, and a big yeshikoff to those chair people who made sure to be there for the uh, for the ceremony. <clears throat> it was a uh, I'm sure a very meaningful event. A young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills is by Dr. Schneer Lyman, the Scholar of Residence this Shabbos. You'll enjoy his lectures beginning tonight, and the best regards everybody the young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills. Reminder, the Israel Real Estate Show happens this coming Saturday night. That's tomorrow evening. And uh, Sunday, the Israel Real Estate Information Show is going to be happening in, uh, in uh, New York City. Tomorrow night, it starts at 7.30 p.m., Sunday from 11 a.m. until 6.30 at the Park Lane Hotel, New York, 36 Central Park South on 59th Street between 5th and 6th Avenues. It's free entry. It's the Israel Real Estate Showcase. 
Uh, it's an information show that starts tomorrow night, 7.30 in New York City. Information 718-338-6537, 718-338-6537. And a reminder again about uh, the Achiezer Elder Care Plus event with plenty of conferences and workshops plus a vendor expo showcase. It's going to be happening Sunday, the largest healthcare event for our community, and it takes place at the New York LaGuardia Airport Marriott on Dittmar's Boulevard in East Elmhurst starting at 11 a.m. We'll be there at 1 o'clock. The webcast is being sponsored by Ahuva and uh, Shuli Woolman, Zechanishma Shuli's father, Yaakov Mordechai and Avram Lipa Cohen. For registration information for Elder Care Plus, it's 516-791-4444. Go to achiezer.org slash eldercare, achiezer.org slash eldercare. There will be complimentary health screenings, free admission for seniors, achiezer.org slash eldercare. Weekly update coming up next. Plenty more. Keep it here at JM in the AM. at OnlySimchas.com. So much of the, the items that happen here at JM and the AM make it into their special news and uh, information feed. Aside from their great Simcha feed, go to OnlySimchas.com for details. And a big th- shout-out, of course, to our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. You can print out a million articles before Shabbos. And I was just mentioning to Malcolm uh, off the air, there's so much going on out there. You can read for days and days about everything that's happening in this amazing world of ours. Chevron, that's Mordechai ben David, of course, and we are uh, thinking of our brothers and sisters in Chevron in this very special Erev Shabbat Chayi Sarat. It's about to be Shabbos in Chevron and everywhere else in Israel, of course, and uh, how we wish we were there in Chevron. We pray for everyone's safety. It's a challenging, every year is a challenging year, obviously, but this year especially with the randomness and the nature of the attacks and the way the enemy wants to destroy our people one by one. It just, I don't know, it seems that... Uh, we need even more uh, guidance and help from the one above. So keeping our friends and relatives and our brothers and sisters in Hebron and everywhere else in Israel, of course, in mind. Well, Ben Rosh Chodesh, uh, Rosh Chodesh uh, Kislev will be Thursday and Friday. Candle lighting at 426, please. Remember, we're now on standard time. Uh, candle lighting is much, much earlier than last week. Don't get, uh, don't get into a situation where, God forbid, Shabbos uh, is jeopardized. 
Um, 426 is candle lighting time. Please keep that in mind on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Chaye Sarah. Uh, Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update here on a Friday morning broadcast. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Uh, good morning. Good to be with you again. Things are moving fast these days, aren't they? More than fast. It's uh, jet speed, and it's <laughs> almost impossible to keep up with things. I feel like I go from Shabbos to Shabbos, and I don't know what happens in between anymore. And uh, it was a great Shabbos last week, and a lot of very loyal JMNAM listeners All right. who came to Young Israel and the Shabbos at the, the, the Shabbos of the Stars in for Arad. Right. Uh, also, again, a lot of JMNAM loyal people. So I don't know what I'm going to tell them tonight after they listen to this. <laughs> oh, are you on the uh, list of speakers for tonight? Yes. It's a very uh, early Shabbos. There could be an entire array of speakers. Who knows? <laughs> I, ho- I hope. I hope. I hope they give you prime time and you're not re- and you're not the re- relegated to the 11:30 slot if you know what I mean. I'm after the late Friday night show. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I, I got to wish a happy birthday to Barry Feigenbaum. He called me this morning. We were talking about um, we were talking about uh, the news that you and I discuss each and every week. And he, of course, echoed what so many people ask me each week about what we can do. And I said to him, you know, every week, even if I don't ask the question directly, I'm we're always we're always targeting that question, and you continue to encourage people to get onto social media and to call talk radio shows, especially the ones that are influential, especially the ones that need a talking to, if you know what I mean. And you encourage people to write letters to the editors still, uh, people who still operate in that format, and to contact our United States House of Representatives members and, uh, and of course, members of the United States Senate and the White House. And I know there are other suggestions as well, uh, but, but, you know, maybe week to week people don't realize what kind of role we all have in all of this. And I don't know if I need to point it out every single week, but a word of encouragement, again, if you would, that everybody out there in their own way can make such a difference. Not only can they make a difference, it's it's essential that they hear, because if they don't, if our elected officials don't hear from us, then they believe that nothing is happening and that people don't care. And when you saw the Congress this week acted on, uh, on Abbas's incitement, yeah, they they adopted resolutions dealing with anti-Semitism in Europe and sending thank yous to those who did it and, and encouraging others to get on board. Uh, there are so many issues, still the, the punishment of Iran for the missile launch and getting uh, Congress, the administration, and others uh, more involved in, and uh, taking a stronger position on it. I mean, we'll go through the issues, but on almost every one of them, there is an opportunity for people... To, to say something to remind the world on this week when we marked uh, the 36th anniversary of the seizure of the U.S. Embassy and the Death to America chants and demonstrations and burning American flags and, uh, you know, extolling those who, who engage in it by the top leaders, including Rouhani, the president himself, uh, to remind the world of who, what Iran really is about and that the signing of the deal made absolutely no difference so that they're on warning and that businesses know that starting to do business with them at this point could have ramifications. And most of, and most of all, but also significant, is continuing to keep the pressure on about Yerushalayim. Yeah. At the memorial for Rabin this week, I, I read what he said at the event I did in the rotunda of the Capitol when we, when we passed the Jerusalem bill. Senator Moynihan was the lead in that, if you remember. And it was in, in 1995. Uh, 
I don't know if you were old enough to read that. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, that, <laughs> that Rabin made the most incredibly moving statement, and he told me this was one of the happiest days of his life, and told me he would fly in if I got this bill passed. And he wow. did it. And he came on two days' notice. He flew in. It was the last big event like this ever held in the rotunda of the capital of the United States. And uh, people should read that to be inspired again, where he talks about the whole of Jerusalem, what its significance is to him as son of Jerusalem. Wow. Um, back for a second on the other issue, because there's so many people out there who want to know what to do. The um, it, what, what we get here, because, you know, we, we see the statements that you release in terms of, you know, praising those members of the United States Congress for different things. You just mentioned a couple of them, et cetera. I assume that you make those public on the daily alert, right, and that people themselves can just literally, you know, put pen to paper or get to their keyboard and respond to the United States members of, uh, of Congress whenever they see a, a notice like that. Absolutely, and we will soon relaunch the Leadership Action Network, which will provide anybody who signs up with a package periodically of an action recommendation, some of the talking points and background material, all condensed. Um, we are now revamping the technology for it, because when we had almost 8 million people, more than half of them non-Jews, uh, who had enlisted either through organizations or directly, and we know the need. We know that people don't want to take the time to, to have to think through things and prepare, and they want something uh, digested and given to them, which we're prepare- we are preparing to do, and it will be on all of the issues that uh, we address here. Yeah, and it'll be in a 2015 format, meaning a lot of sound bites and a lot of bullet points, right? Yeah, that's all people get. All people could tolerate today. As so you, long as there are no bullets with it. <laughs> thank God, please God, there shouldn't be any. Uh, so you mentioned punishment for Iran for the missile launch. I'm not even familiar with this. Is there going to be an American reaction to this? Well, they did submit a, a protest to the uh, to the United Nations, and we had a chance this week to speak to company, uh, to Ban Ki Moon, the Secretary General, about it. And they there there is consideration about what steps to take. There are. Resolutions in Congress about additional sanctions and about the, or, or not removing any sanctions uh, because of the test, uh, and and the test is not uh, uh, it, it's a clear violation if not of the agreement as some people say or the deal, but certainly of UN Security Council resolutions. And the it's interesting that uh, both Khamenei and Rouhani are keeping saying now that violations unrelated to the nuclear deal have nothing to do with it, that it, this is, you know, uh, an issue in, unto itself, and that the uh, there's no relationship between uh, what they do in the area of terrorism or human rights violations. You see the number of executions go up. I mentioned to you the, the demonstrations this week. Uh, and in fact, they say that they never really signed or approved the deal. The deal went to the modulus, some form of it in a thousand-page document, but nobody actually ever signed it there, and we're seeing how much more aggressive Iran is becoming. The Bahrain said they have intercepted vessels with Iranian weapons just as they went to, to Yemen to support the, uh, the Houthis to overthrow the government. They're trying to overthrow the government of, uh, of Bahrain, and they are uh, challenging the government of Saudi Arabia on almost a daily basis, and it's escalating. So much so at the Syrian talks, the Saudis wanted to leave because of Iran's uh, presence and, and the behavior. But Iran is providing weapons. They're, they're expanding their role in Syria, in Iraq, and they're impervious to, to the whole idea of deterrence and um, 
uh, people have drawn analogies to to uh, Germany in, the, in this regard, as well as in regard to others, the language they use. Um, so Congress is looking for new sanctions against the IRGC because of their both their activities and the uh, uh, the launch. And business people, I think, are much more hesitant about going into Iran. And the more they hear that people are wary and to encourage state legislatures to adopt additional uh, sanctions to send a message that they can't hmm. deal with uh, pension plans and everything if they are in- involved um, because you did tell us that there's some that there's enthusiasm in the business world to get in there. Are, are there people reconsidering or hesitating? That's exactly right. That there is enthusiasm because they see a market of uh, 80 million people, right. the oil, etc. But aside, uh, the key sectors would be banking and and the oil, the energy sector. Energy oil now being down as it is in a glut in the market, so it's less attractive. But they they want to increase their share of the market to. Um, Europe and in that they're competing with uh, with Russia and on the other hand Russia is working with them for instance the the, the, the Iranians are now targeting administration officials through through uh, sabotage of so, social media through hacking of emails and many of them travel to Russia to be trained as cyber attackers and uh, they're attacking Wall Street they attack uh, Saudi oil companies is another manifestation of the escalation of activities and their statements are, are worse than ever, and uh, so so we've seen this increase uh, in in actions on all fronts uh, by Iran, and the uh, if their failure to respond to it will send the message that they can get away with it, then we've only opened the floodgates for much more of this kind of activity, and, uh, and not just by Iran, but everybody else will will see these signals and will. Take advantage of it. Yeah, you know, many fronts right now. So when I watch these videos uh, that you know are presentations detailing the Iran nuclear agreement, I saw one on the New York Times website this week. There was, was uh, um, Zarif and um, and um, Mogherini. Uh, what is that? Is that a show? Is it a? Are there are there, are there, are those all the details? Is it just you know giving it giving a taste to the Western world so we should think that someone from the EU is really you know keeping tabs on Iran? What is it? In part, it's show, and we don't know all of the internal uh, competitions, and, and you know that there are uh, condemnations against each other from the Majlis and the IRGC versus Rouhani. There are, quote, so-called hardliners, even though Rouhani is very much a, a hardliner himself, and Khamenei has ordered blockades of U.S. imports and called it the economy of resistance. And uh, he, he dismissed the idea of U.S.-Iranian negotiations on regional issues um, so a lot of this is PR a lot of this is meant to to attract business because if they don't show Rouhani and the others don't show that they brought some economic benefit they will be facing the the modules and others who are against even signing the deal or approving the deal uh, if they can't produce the benefit for it all right boy a um, couple of things in Israel. I'm sure we'll get back to Iran in a second, but we mentioned a couple of things last week. Um, the pushback on the issue of getting cameras on Tahara Bayat, it is shocking to me that it's not embarrassing already to the PA. You're absolutely right. It should be embarrassing to the PA, which uh, the Palestinian Authority, which has rejected the proposal that 
Kerry, King uh, Abdullah of Jordan, and the Israelis agreed to because they don't want the truth to come out. They, they exactly, but and he continues, but he continues. I know, even I now, get away with to it. promulgate the lies and to incite in so many ways. Uh, uh, you notice he talks still about the occupation. He gave a speech at the Human Rights Council of the United Nations where he talks about the occupation since forty-seven, not sixty-seven, and he, he still <laughs> talks about the desecration of the holy sites, what did he say, every other second by the Israelis. And they laud the stabbers, they they create fake crime scenes, fabricate crime scenes uh, for charges against the Israelis, and now you saw this week the again re- resurrecting the blood libel of that Israelis are engaged in uh, organ harvesting, you know, that right. bodies that they get them back right. without eyes, without the kidneys or mm-hmm. other things, which is, I mean, it's just all absolutely... They're untrue. There's no in the car. There's no root for any of these uh, accusations, and yet they continue completely uh, as if you know, and, and, and believing that somehow this is going to to take hold. And, and the while the violence has still been very restricted, and it's not what they used to call you know the Intifada, popular uprising, uh, but they do talk about a jihad. I mean, they still has, and he has consistently try to drive this into a religious war, that, yep. uh, focusing on Al-Aqsa, not focusing on settlements or West Bank or territorial issues or things of that kind. And this is a far more dangerous thing when you uh, when you turn it into a religious war. And the other thing that we discussed last week, I just wanted to bring up again, and boy was I wrong, the, I started to get the impression last week that these stabbings and attacks were now, you know, really filtering, you know, so to speak, to the areas of Judea and Samaria, and despite the fact that, unfortunately, there was a car ramming and stabbing near Hebron today, that would go with that theory, but it's obvious if you're following the news of this week, it's not restricted anywhere, and uh, we see these horrific episodes that are going on everywhere in Israel. And one of the things people should remember also when they talk, for those who have a chance to call news media or engage in discussions about this, when they talk about and call for the boycott of Israel, which the Palestinian leadership still is, they are calling for BDS movements and, and encouraging it. You know that there are 30,000 Palestinians employed in the industrial zones, the 14 industrial zone in the, well, in the West Bank. And there are, I think, um, near Yericho, about 330 factories and 100 factories in Barkhan in the Shomron and many others, but total there are about 30,000 who are employed in these zones, Palestinians, 20,000 who work in the construction and transport, you know, all the support structure, and about 200,000 who make a living from activities from contact with Israel, and that's more than a quarter of all the Palestinian workforce. So they're willing to punish their own and punish themselves to punish Israel yep. on completely fallacious uh, um, basis, and when you see the profile. Somebody did a study, um, one of the uh, agencies, one of the, the think tanks, um, did, did a study of the profile, I don't know if you saw this, of the Palestinians, uh, at least 35 of them, who carried out recent attacks. And they say they're male, 17 to 19, unmarried, from usually from Yerushalayim, southeast of Yerushalayim, or from Hebron. And that this is a spontaneous, personal decision. It's not linked to an organization. But they follow an Islamist ideology, and even if they don't belong to a, a terrorist organization itself, but they they want to risk their lives 
they want to follow in the footsteps of the Palestinians who, who died because of the glorifying by the PA of those of the quote martyrs and the pensions being paid to the families, so that they are they are in fact inciting them to to engage in these activities, even if it's not an organized uh, central organization that is promoting it. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listen to sponsor WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org, and of course on the NSN app where you can catch the archive of the weekly update almost immediately after its conclusion. Check it out in the archives section of uh, the NSN app. By the way, just uh, under less than an hour ago, we spoke with uh, Roy Pesach Lerner, and as you've been telling us, it does seem that Jonathan Pollard will be released by the end of the month, and obviously a million restrictions and no celebrations till he gets to the Kotel, and we're certainly following all those directives. But for those who want an update on that situation, it's certainly better news than it could have been in November of 2015. Well, we're all holding our breath and uh, praying that this will, will happen. We don't want anything to happen that could right. become a pretext to, to delay or postpone. Uh, right now, it seems to be on track, but you know, there's no automatic assumptions in this. Right. Uh, and the most important thing is that he get out and be with his wife. And I understand he has a job in the New York area, and uh, that people restrain themselves and take his lead about what should be done. Uh, I think he wants, you know, to be able to come out quietly and rebuild his life, uh, and wants the other restrictions, which I think will last about five years before you can travel. Right. Uh, Understood. I'm sure everybody will, will understand. Understood. Um, well, BB uh, is in an s- interesting situation. He's nominated a public diplomacy chief who, who seems to have said some interesting things about both the President of the United States and the Secretary of State of the United States. In fact, the State Department, uh, it, it seems that they're spreading the rumor that BB's reconsidering the appointment. And BB, according to Jerusalem Post, is not reconsidering the appointment. How did he get into this mess? Same way they get into all of these messes. Oh, and by the way, who's been the public diplomacy chief till now? Like, I, I can't even tell you who the public diplomacy chief has been till now. Everybody thinks it's Mark Regev who left to become the ambassador in Great Britain. This is actually his boss. And this is not a public figure. This is not somebody who appears before the cameras because it's the spokesperson who does. Uh, he, he is, in fact, in charge but supposed to coordinate all of these public activities. BB is not going to, is not considering, reconsidering. As of now, he, uh, he today said again that, that uh, he, he did not say he would reconsider. And I don't think that it came from the State Department. I think it came from Israeli sources initially uh-huh. that it was under reconsideration. And they said then that was picked up from Washington. But uh, they did not make a big issue about it because he did issue an apology over what he said. Uh, if we remember, there were officials in the administration who made certain comments about chickens and other things that right. you know, they did not, nobody uh, paid with the job. And, I mean, it's obviously uh, embarrassing for the prime minister, and it's another, just another add-on coming a, a few days before his arrival in the United States. But, uh, hey, this is no excuse, but, you know, these days it's hard not to find somebody who, it's hard to find somebody who has not, you know, posted something sarcastic on Facebook. You know what I mean by that? Well, sarcastic is one thing, and uh, calling the president or hinting the president was an anti-Semite. I didn't read the exact quote. Right, that's another thing. Yeah, Carrie, I think it's a different level, and especially if you're if you're uh, in a out front position, and where the media sees it, but others see it, and it was so easily accessible. 
so you wonder about the vetting process. Right. But but you're right. People get through here in the United States, and we find out later you know, bad things or things that they they were involved in that should have been a, a real uh, red light. When is the visit? Is it this coming week? When is it? He arrives Sunday night. Oh, this week Sunday night. Tuesday night. Yes. This is going to be. This is going to be. This is going to be. Say it again. I'm sorry. He's going to meet the president Monday morning. So this is. Good. This might be a really uncomfortable meeting then. I didn't realize it's that soon. It's that soon. It's, uh, yes. But man. But in all seriousness, I mean, and and I've been reading so many different, like, so many different, you know, analyses regarding this. Some people think it'll be, you know, it'll be fine. Others think there'll be tremendous friction. I mean, it, it's sort of like in between. Like it's it, it's. It's likely to to go the way we expect it to go. Is that what you would say? I think it can go both ways at the same time. I think the public, uh, the optics, the perception will be positive that they will meet. I think uh, they're scheduled for two hours of meetings. Most of it will be one-on-one. Wow. There are many issues, Iran, Syria, uh, the, the MOU, the new memo of understanding, which is really a critical issue for Israel about how much... The military aid they're going to get, they're asking, I think, there are reports that they're asking for $5 billion, up from 3.1. Uh, some say, does this include the aid for the money for the uh, missile defense, the joint effort in David Sling and uh, the other um, anti-missile uh, systems? Uh, that's unclear, and it's unclear what the United States is prepared to do, but that will be a very important issue of their negotiations. Obviously, Iran remains a primary issue see that Iran uh, continues to, to instigate and escalates their, insti- their, their provision of weapons to Hamas, to Hezbollah, activities in the West Bank. And I believe, by the way, that, that the violence we're seeing could well be traced in part to Iran because Khamenei's book that came out on Iran specifically says that we will make life intolerable. We aren't going to use nuclear weapons. We're going to make life intolerable of people, so they will run away and Israel will implode. So you can see a link to what is happening and uh, the admonitions of Khamenei in his book about uh, about Israel. Hmm. Uh, so there will be a lot of issues. He will have a couple public speeches where he'll be able to, you know, reach out to both sides of the aisle. I think he will. That, that uh, the everybody wants this to be a success. Nobody wants to see the tensions. Uh, Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, you mentioned a couple of interesting things that have to be discussed. Oh, before I ask you about Syria, though, the um, the plane did the plane come down over Egypt uh, because of ISIS? I mean, I know there's conflicting reports and a lot of conjecture out there, but is it possible that ISIS and and, and isn't it difficult to get these bombs on planes these days? Like, you know, if you go to an airport, it looks it looks hard to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you, you can have workers who are paid off or are members of terrorist organizations who may be employed at an airfield or for an airplane company, and that's certainly possible in the Sinai. The the, Syri- the Egyptian government has taken great steps to, to try and contain or limit the terrorism. They cannot root it out completely. They've worked against the terrorists in Gaza as they have against the terrorists in Sinai because of the linkages between them. They do not have the missiles to bring down. uh, The first reports were that that ISIS shot a missile. Their missiles go up to 14,000 feet. The plane was flying at 20. It should have been at 30,000 feet, but I understand now that it was at 21,000. So they could not have taken it out with a missile. But 
they could have placed a bomb on it. You could have had a suicide bomber. And you know that all the, the tests they do at American uh, airports, how many people get through with things at the... Uh, yeah, that's true. At the uh, airport. But you always think bomb... Yeah, but, but you, you always but think... What would it take? I always think about it for somebody to be employed there who just brings something on. All right, that's true. Um, okay, so are there Israeli strikes in Syria or not? And I'm sure this will be a big issue Monday when you just alluded to the fact that Syria is certainly going to be high on the agenda with Netanyahu and Obama. But, it, you know, there are always conflicting reports about what Israelis, what Israeli and the Israeli Air Force is doing in Syria. Is there confirmation that there have been Israeli strikes there? I do not know of any strikes in recent days. There have been strikes there. Uh, but now the situation is much more complicated because of the Russians. Right. And the Russians were bombing uh, 12 miles from the Israeli border against rebels and others in Dara province, uh, and there's been a lot of fighting in, in the area. So uh, they are moving closer, and the fear is that Hezbollah and, uh, and IRGC and others will use the Russian bombing as air cover for them to move closer uh, to the border without Israel being able to retaliate in Israel's red lines are very clear about what they will tolerate and not. Um, Israel uh, has hit the uh, efforts to cross the borders uh, with weapons, to take missiles, etc. But we know that twice a day, Russian planes are bringing Iranian weapons into Syria. And we know that many of them are uh, destined for, or attempting to be, to, be, to go to Lebanon for uh, Hezbollah. But something Israel has to be very strict about, and I know that the Prime Minister told this to uh, Putin, and supposedly they have this agreement about coordination. It did not appear that the coordination was working, or that that system that they had put in place uh, was operative, uh, or at least not fully so. Uh, so, you know, the developments in Syria are, are really a test for the whole region, and we're seeing... Uh, increasing attacks, the, the bombing in homes, but at the same time, ISIS has now taken over part of homes, which is critical because it controls a, a very vital roadway to Damascus, uh, and one that the both sides, the, the Iranians, the uh, Syrians and the Russians need to move troops and to move uh, weapons. So the situation there is far from calming down, and you know that the uh, Syrian rebels supposedly uh, put men and women in iron cages and drove them around as human shields. So all the parties, and, and they, these are Alawites, uh, and with, with, by the way, officers with their whole families who have been captured by them. So all of them are, are involved. Then the Russians have been reported to use this new flame thrower. It's called the Blazing Sun missile launcher in, in its war with ISIS, which has been part of uh, the targets, but most of the targets have been the rebel groups. But because ISIS was near in the mountains near Latakia, where the base is, the naval base that Russia has there, and these things go to a thousand degrees Celsius at the center of the explosion, they burn up all the oxygen in the area, and it's especially suited for bunkers and uh, tunnels and mountainous regions. So everybody is escalating. Uh, their activity, and the Jordanians, by the way, are equally concerned about the fact that, that Russia was bombing rebel forces so close to the borders of, of both countries. And as all this is going on, millions of people are running for their lives. And it's, it's increasing because they see no hope, and as they, the fighting expands, you create more refugees. 
Uh, we'll have to see what the elections in Turkey will yield as to what steps they will take. Will they permit, continue to permit it? Will they uh, clamp down? But I can tell you that the, uh, uh, the MI5, the British uh, security agency, uh, said this week that they are planning that is, uh, Islamic State, ISIS, is planning mass casualty attacks in Britain. And I know that half of the budget of MI5 goes to, tra- to tracking uh, foreign soldiers, the, the, um, the Brits who have gone to fight there. And they say that in the last year they thwarted six terror attacks, plots, in, in the U.K. Unbelievable. And another seven abroad. And they acknowledge that they have about 800 uh, uh, extremists who have gone to Syria to fight, which means that the number is really, I think, much significantly larger, perhaps closer to 1,000. Um, and they talk about how they are inspired online, and that's the big difference. And it applies to the, to the violence in Israel, too, is that the you know, they called this the, uh, the Facebook war in Israel, right. and 20,000 Israelis have filed a lawsuit against them. But it's the Internet that has enabled, you know, cross-border, cross-vast areas, so that in Britain you can train on the Internet. They don't have to come to Syria. It's much harder to find them. And they are becoming, you have a bigger population being radicalized. And, by the way, in the United States also. It's amazing that uh, people like me are able to adjust to the way the world is now, <laughs> because it's just... So and you could, as long as you don't know, you're happy. It's unbelievable. You could train to be a terrorist by sitting in your living room at this point. Exactly. Right. Which is unbelievable. Uh, you think in Monday's meeting with the president, they'll bring up the fact, or Bibi will bring up the fact that Hamas continues to dig tunnels under the Gaza border? Oh, absolutely. Well, they're going to be talking about all the fronts and the, the challenges. And the United States has generally been supportive, I think, more than, you know, they could be very critical and they have not joined. And you see that the action at the U.N. is is delayed, and we should know that, you know, the United States plays a, a, a role in all of those things, too. So even when people are critical, we've got to look at the total picture. Um, uh, and the action this week, by the way, yesterday against the Kuwaiti Airlines, the Department of Transportation in the United States finally came around and is now uh, putting uh, uh, Kuwaiti Airlines on notice in our lawfare project, uh, really did a great job in the legal work that, that now, something that was rejected in the past has really come uh, to uh, a point, a key point, with members of the city council joined in a press conference and the uh, Port Authority, and uh, there's a case now uh, that would be brought. And, but most importantly, the, the Department of Transportation told Kuwait Airlines, you either take people with Israeli passports or you do not fly from New York anymore. And it's part of the contract with the Port Authority, et cetera. And that's an important message when we see increasing efforts at discriminatory uh, behavior. And there's another lawsuit that was filed in New York State the Supreme Court by the victims of terror uh, this week. Oh, um, I didn't realize that. Pardon me? I didn't realize that. I didn't hear about that. And Yeah, well, they came to, to New York in, under American law, and, and it, this is a law, the lawsuit against uh, Facebook. And it's tens of thousands of, of Israelis because they're saying they're getting trained there. They recruit jihadists there, and they glorify terror. Uh, and even some of the, the families of the victims of terror uh, are amongst those uh, who are brought to suit. Well, uh, i got to ask you this question. I, you know, I assume you heard about this uh, International Judo Federation event, and uh, Israel was told to compete without the flag of Israel on their uniforms and without recognition of the of the state of Israel. All the other countries, of course, are represented the way, the way a country should be represented in international competition. 
I know this is a tough issue and there's so many different variables to it, but what do you think? Should these athletes be encouraged by the state of Israel to pull out? Should Israel itself pull out? Should they stay in and make a statement that we're going to be there despite all this? I I go so back and forth on issues like this, especially ones that are so symbolic. Again, to the athletes, are not symbolic. They're they're life changing events for the athletes if they'd have to boycott, God forbid, from their perspective. But how do you think the state of Israel should react to these types of episodes? You know, it's really a tough decision, and but I think the presence there, if they're excluded from participating, of course they protest, right? Et but once right. you're there. It's the most important thing is that they have to be introduced, that the, that they get a chance to create a presence, and uh, you know uh, there are laws and rules that govern international competitions, and you saw that uh, was it Qatar or Kuwait that lost um, the shooting uh, championship because they didn't allow the Israelis to come, and uh, we have to see to the enforcement of this because this is another part of the boycott and the BDS movement. Uh, which manifests itself in many different ways, including international sporting events. So when the Israelis, and it's not fair to take these young people. I know. That's what gets me. Say you can't compete. Uh, you know, we're, we're making a statement. Uh, I think that in this case they made the right decision, but it, it, is, a, it is a difficult one. I know. Finally, th- does Erdogan have an election every week, it seems, <laughs> in Turkey? Every time we turn around, this guy's... election. <laughs> he's being elected every week, it seems. No, this is a snap election because he didn't like the outcome of the elections in June. Seriously, and seriously, and huh. this time he won a majority. Last time the the Kurdish party got more than ten percent, which barred him from getting the absolute majority he wanted. He has it now. You will see a greater crackdown now, I think, and the Turkish election has uh, real serious ramifications because this man is a madman and he's becoming more of a dictator and more of an Islamist imposing restrictions inside Turkey. He will, you know, there are talks that he's, uh, people uh, leaking things that he's going to reach out to Israel and stuff. We see no evidence of it. He, he is an absolute ruler now, still a member of NATO, uh, but fomenting problems and has his own bigger designs. Uh, so we'll, we will have to see what, uh, what will come of it. Before we close, I just yes, want to say that there is always good news. Huh? And again, you saw the announcement about the Accra Fortress in Ir David, next to the city of David. Yeah, the way they reacted to this, it's like this one's at the top of the significant list. This is really important. And again, I don't know how we get Jewish community and any community that cares at a time when, when they are trying to deny us our past when they're denying all of the things in, in our claims, our biblical claim, rooted claims, the stories of the temple, the existence of, of all of the things that are in Tanakh. Again and again, God is showing it to us. They're showing us in, in concrete ways, indisputable ways. This week again, Abbas, you know, denied the temples and others uh, issued statements and said the Jews can't uh, 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 violate the Temple Mount. You heard his members name about the 30 feet and all that. And and here you have a fortress that Antiochus the fourth, Antiochus from our Hanukkah story. Yeah. This was a stronghold he, he built, and there's been a longer debate about where it was, and especially in the last year or so. But they found now these sloping embankments, and they found this massive, uh, 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 this massive fortress that overlooked the temple. So the years when they controlled... Uh, the Yerushalayim and the Temple Mount. This was the base from which they did it. 
and and we're talking about 141 BCE that they found coins going down to um, uh, not only from Antiochus Epiphanes, who's the one from from the Hanukkah story, but uh, to his successors. And it was uh, Shimon Maccabee who took it over after a long siege. Wow! Was able to take over the site, but it's again just a message. I mean, it's every single thing one could think of that that uh, you know is being explored in this postage stamp that they discover so much of our past comes to life. Ugh. So when all the guys, all these um, uh, claims by Abbas and by all the others denying our past, denying us the history. And, and here, every time, God is showing us the answer. And through the work of the people in the city of David, and, and it's just unbelievable work that they're doing there. And now everybody should go there and see it, visit Yerushalayim. It's more important than ever. Malcolm, we know each other for, I think, close to 25 years at this point. And I think it was almost at the beginning of our friendship where we said to each other one time we should both be together in Hebron for Chaye Sarah. It hasn't happened yet, but maybe one day we'll in fact be able to make good on that, and it would be a wonderful Shabbat. Yeah, I hope that people, uh, they were waiting to hear about who could go and how they will be able to accommodate them, because as we know, there were stabbing attacks against the, an attack again this morning in the yeah. Hebron area, and the security forces were very wary about you know what they could permit, because safety is still the number one concern, but God willing. Should we put it on the calendar for next year? What do you think? Should we do that? Well, let's put it in the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Have a wonderful Shabbos, and thanks for joining us. See you, see you Bezrat Hashem, tomorrow night. Shabbat with the stars, with the uh, amazing Shabbat that's being put together for our Rod and the uh, the Negev region. Uh, Yeshikov, to those who are gathering for that event, uh, this uh, Shabbat Chaye Sarah, 24 minutes after 8 o'clock. It's Friday morning on this Arab Shabbos Parshas Chaye Sarah, candle lighting at 426. I beg of you, everybody, keep in mind, 426, that is early. And I mean real early, if you remember last Shabbos. <laughs> Just compare it to last Shabbos, and it's real, real early. 426, don't jeopardize Shabbos. Make sure to be where you need to be uh, before the uh, holy day begins. So we'll bench Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Kislev, Thursday and Friday. A big welcome to those Chabud, to those Chabad Shluchim who are here for the big uh, Shabbos and the big banquet on Sunday night. From around the world, um, what you do for so many, in so many places, in so many of them remote places, is amazing. And I hope I have the opportunity to see some of the uh, Chabad Shluchim uh, over the next couple of days as they visit New York City and uh, get together for their big annual uh, reunion and their big annual uh, weekend of Chizuk, I guess you can call it. Shabbos of Chizuk. Uh, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, this time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos. With great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pashas Chayei Sarah. Chayei Sarah can conveniently be divided into three parts. The first part deals with the acquisition of a burial plot for Sarah Imenu by Avraham, teaching us the very important concept of Kvuras Yisrael, that a Jew is to be buried in a Jewish cemetery. The second part of the parsha deals with the acquisition of a mate for Yitzchak, 
Rivka Imenu. And the end of the parsha tells us of the passing of Avraham and of Yishmael. I'd like to call your attention to the very last pasuk in Chayisora, the very last phrase, which is rather challenging and cryptic. In speaking about Yishmael and where he will reside, the Torah concludes the parsha with the following five words, Alpinei Kolechov Nafal, translated as, over all his brothers he dwelt. Rashi tells us that the word Nafal is really a synonym with the word Shochein, and therefore they are interchangeable. The Midrash, however, understands the word nafal as literally to fall, to indicate that after the death of Avraham, the quality of Yishmoel's life declined. The Balaturim, Rav Yaakov, the son of the Rush, who authored the monumental, original Shulchan Aruch, Code of Jewish Law, in his commentary on the Torah, offers the following insightful comment. He says that the verse that describes the falling of Yishmael is juxtaposed, is literally right next to the opening verse of next week's parsha, the Eletodos, Yitzchak ben Avraham. And these are the offspring of Yitzchak, the son of Avraham, to teach us that when Yishmael will fall, in the end of days, then the Moshiach, the son of David, the descendant of Yitzchak, will sprout. The Balaturim wrote this commentary about 700 years ago. And it not only brought comfort to the Jews of Toledo, Spain, where his great father found refuge after having to flee Germany, but this teaching of the Balaturim uplifts us and provides us encouragement today as well. By the way, the Balaturim bases his prediction on the Yalkut Shimoni in Bereshis, the end of paragraph 79. My friends, there will be an end of days. The redemption will come. How do I have the, quote, chutzpah to tell you this? The answer is because the Navi, the prophet Isaiah, in chapter 60, verse 22, proclaims, Be'ita achishenah, Literally, in its time, I will hasten it. And the Gemara in Sanhedrin, 98a, notes the contradictory language of the Navi and resolves it in the name of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi by saying, Zohu, if the Jewish people are virtuous and meritorious, then Achishena, then he, Hashem, will hasten the redemption. And if not, it will come in its preordained time. Moreover, the Gemara in Sanhedrin 98b asks the question, all right, 
How can we mitigate and best prepare for the end of days? And Rabbi Elazar answered by saying we should increase the study of Torah as well as the performance of good deeds. How do we know that by increasing Torah study that will hasten the Moshiach and bring the Geula? This is found in the Gemara Bava Basra 8a and the Gemara Sanhedrin 99b. I'd like to talk, however, about the relationship between Gemilus Chasadim, Chesed, and the Geula. The reality is that unfortunately we are living today in most difficult times. Twenty years ago, whoever heard of a suicide bomber? And now, who's the new enemy? None other than teenagers who have been taught since kindergarten that to spill Jewish blood is noble and praiseworthy and we feel so helpless and therefore I believe that we not only have to increase our security but to really believe that our positive acts of chesed affect the higher realm to begin with we recite daily in the second paragraph of the Shema that just as when man plants seeds in the ground it yields its return and produce similarly when man plants mitzvos and maizim tovim down here, they yield a divine return and bounty. In the Pasuk on the Shira, Nachisa Bechazducha, Amzuga Ulta, in Shmos chapter 15, Pasuk 13, literally, you led with your kindness this nation you redeemed. The Chafetz Chaim Zechatzadik Levracha, cites the Tana de Be'el Yehu in chapter 23 that teaches that while the literal translation refers to our thanking Hashem for His kindness in taking us out of Egypt, the rabbis understand the verse to refer to the many kindnesses that the Jewish nation did one for another in Egypt, thereby making themselves worthy of redemption. The Chavetz Chaim further teaches in his Chumas Hadas, chapter 14, that when a divine decree of judgment looms over the Jewish nation, they must offset this decree with an abundance of chesed. My friends, I want you to note, in Pasha's Chayesara, we have something very strange, namely, the Torah is most often concise, precise in stating laws. Usually, without the oral law, the Torah Shabbat Peh, we cannot understand the written law, the Torah Shabbat Sav. Yet, in regards to finding a mate for Yitzchak, the Torah devotes no less than 67 psukim. Not only is this the longest chapter in the book of Bereshis, it's one of the longest chapters in the entire Torah. And what emerges and jumps out of the pages to the reader is the emphasis that's put on chesed as the criteria to marry Yitzchak and Rivka's excessive performance of chesed. Ask yourself, 
Could she not have asked Eliezer for a cup rather than literally having to pour the water into his mouth? Could she not have asked Eliezer or one of the ten drivers to assist in the drinking of the ten camels? This excessive chesed proved her worthiness for the house of Avraham. Because what did we learn last week in the beginning of Vayera, when Avraham was third day after his circumcision? We don't simply find Avraham's hospitality. We find Avraham's hospitality in the extreme. And why? Perhaps. Because they are emulating none other then God himself, whose chesed is beyond measure and beyond human comprehension. And therefore, we must take the message to heart. And just as Shmuel Hanavi admonishes King Shaul and says, if you are insignificant in your own personal assessment, you are the leader of Israel. And with so much assimilation and intermarriage, each Torah-observant family and individual is that much more important and significant and charged with bringing the Geula. Your chesed counts. Thus, compared to others, you might truly feel and be humbled. But most often, your knowledge of Judaism is way beyond that of a beginner who is searching for an introduction to Jewish life, to Jewish values, and Jewish teachings. And therefore, the organization Partners in Torah is an excellent way for you to spend a meaningful hour once a week with an individual over the phone. Perhaps they might be hundreds or thousands of miles away. But the closeness that develops and the benefits are significant for both study partners. I believe there is a Tom Shabbos, or Meals on Wheels in your community, that delivers meals to the elderly and shut-ins. If there's not one, then start one. If you drive, find those few hours to deliver not only needed food, but a smile and companionship. Take your children or grandchildren once a month to visit a senior citizen's residence. Let them draw pictures for them. Interact with them, as this initiation can be so significant for their healthy development, let alone the seniors. And finally, let's talk a little bit from the teaching of Rav Chaim Volozhina. In his Nefesh HaChaim, Gate 1, Chapter 3, he teaches that Hashem created man and appointed him to rule over the multitudes of powers and worlds to govern them via all the minute details of his actions, his speech and thoughts, whether for good or, God forbid, the opposite. Moreover, he understands that which we know from the Gemara Brachos 64a. Call them builders rather than your sons, for your sons arrange the holy worlds as builders arrange a structure and invest it with great strength. In chapter 7, Rav Chaim Volozhina understands the Pesach and Tilim, Hashem Tzilcha, Hashem is your protective shade, literally as He is your shadow. And just as the shadow moves precisely 
as the movement of the object, similarly, Hashem moves the worlds based on the movements and intentions of man's actions below. In his Jerusha, before Slichos, Reb Chaim Voloshna understood the verse in Devarim from Hazinu 32, Pasuk 9. Yaakov Chevel Nachaloso, which literally means Jacob is the measure of his inheritance, following Rashi's interpretations of Chevel as rope. He ingeniously interpreted the verse to mean that Yaakov is the rope of Hashem's inheritance. What does that mean? He says that there is, as it were, a rope that descends from heaven to earth. And when man shakes that rope, moves the rope, in this world, it reverberates on high. And therefore, I close with the Ramban in his commentary on Shmos, Pasuk 14. In response to Moshe's question, when I say to the Jewish people who sent me, Hashem says, tell them, I shall be as I shall be. And what does that mean, says the Rambam? He quotes the Medrash Agadah, that Hashem was teaching the lesson that as the Jewish people acts towards Him, that is the way He reciprocates in kind. If the people open their hearts, open their hands, and act charitably, so will Hashem. Return the favor. Parshas Chayisora teaches that our response to the excess of terror in the world is to give the world excess chesed. Shabbat Shalom.
J.M. and the A.M. Friday, candlelighting at 426. Yes, I cannot say it enough times. 426. Please make sure to leave plenty of time for wherever you're heading for Shabbat. Candlelighting is about an hour and a quarter earlier than last week. So 426 is candlelighting time. It is the first standard time uh, Shabbat for us here in the uh, U.S., so please... Keep in mind, 426. Uh, well, Bentro Shodesh tomorrow, Shodesh Kislev Thursday and Friday. Kudos to those people out there. Oh, how do I say this? Kudos to those people out there who may not, who may not be able to or may not be inclined to be in shul on a Shabbos morning. But make the amazing effort to do so, especially when it's uh, time to bench Rosh Chodesh. We've had a lot of discussion uh, in one of the circles that I travel uh, recently about the importance of everybody in the Jewish world, and I mean everybody, uh, participating in uh, in prayer, in tefillah with a minion. And the Shabbos is a perfect place to start for those who are not used to it. And Shabbos Mavarachim is really a great place to start. So if I can give any encouragement to anybody who wakes up tomorrow morning and says to themselves, you know, should I go, should I not go? <laughs> is the weather good enough, bad enough, whatever the case may be? I'm going to give a word of encouragement. Candlelighting at 426 on this Arab Shabbos. Morning clouds, afternoon sun, a high 75. Tomorrow for Shabbos, the high 64 in this area. Don't forget, Sunday our webcast is going to be from Elder Care Plus. We'll be there for the big Achiezer event. Uh, webcast is sponsored by uh, Ahuva and Shuli Wolman and family. Zechanishmas Yaakov Mordechai ben Avram Lipa Cohen, that's Shuli's father. We'll be there starting at 1. The event is from 11 until 5. Get all the, we've been talking about this all week. Get all the information by going to the web, achiezer.org slash eldercare. It's happening in El- East Elmhurst, New York, at the New York LaGuardia Airport Marriott. People coming from everywhere. There's bus service from Borough Park, Muncie, Williamsburg, Lakewood. Again, achiezer.org slash eldercare or 516-791-4444, 516-791-4444. Reminder, the uh, Tamatara Flatbush has uh, Rabbi Dr. Jacob J. Schachter tomorrow night. Uh, the topic, is there justification for living in the diaspora? Oh, boy. So that's <laughs> that's happening tomorrow night in Flatbush, Brooklyn. Remember, Baragola has their 20th annual evening of entertainment, starring David and Lehman, an amazing comedy team, plus singing sensation Simcha Liner. Leif Tov awardees are Menachem and Bina Bronstein and Yossi and Karen Mouse, and we say Mazal Tov. Baragola, 20 years of these great nights uh, in support of the institution, 718-642-6800. 718-642-6800. Check out what we've, what we've got online on our community calendar. A lot of the events we've been talking about all week are on our community calendar. If you click on the community calendar section of jmnam.org. So keep that in mind. It's a great resource. Hey, don't forget the Israel Real Estate Showcase. The informational Israel Real Estate Showcase starts tomorrow night at 7.30 and then Sunday from 11 until 6.30 at the Park Lane Hotel, New York at 36 Central Park South on 59th Street between 5th and 6th Avenues. is free entry. Uh, it's tomorrow night, 7.30, Sunday, 11 until 6.30. Again, it's 36 Central Park South at the Park Lane Hotel, the Israel Real Estate Showcase, a great informational show for Israel Real Estate. Phone number 718-338-6537, Hey, want to wish a Mazel Tov on the Ufruf of Menachem David Neuberger. Mazel Tov to you. Hillel Engel is a chasson. Hey, Hillel. 
Wonderful news. Surrey Stern, I believe it is, is the, uh, it's either Surrey, is it Surrey Stern? I believe it's Surrey Stern. If it's not, then I apologize to the Stein family, but I believe it's Surrey Stern. Hillel Engel, Mazal Tov to you in Surrey from all of us here at JMNAM. And I'm told that our, um, our uh, wonderful friends, uh, the Melmans and the Ravners made a wedding last night. A Mazel Tov to Shragi Melman and Lieber Ravner from all of us here at JM in the AM. Oh, and let me take this opportunity, especially since I go way back with them, to wish the Bienenfeld family a very, very special Mazel Tov. Jordana Bienenfeld this coming Sunday, um, marrying Alone Malin, and um, that uh, takes place in Brooklyn, New York, and a special Mazel Tov to the Malin family, of course, to the Bienenfeld family and the Liker family, to Cheryl and Jay, and, of course, to George and everybody who's going to be celebrating on Sunday. How I wish I could be there. Uh, to the Bienenfeld and Malin families, we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. That is a wonderful, wonderful uh, simcha, and I... I uh, look forward to hearing all the incredible reports. Uh, we continue with Chaim David at JMN. <laughs>
J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning on the Zerub Shabbos Parshas Chaye Sarah again candle lighting at 4:26. Can't say that enough times. Uh, we have an amazing day on our stream today. Oh gosh, we have an amazing day. Uh, Naomi Nachman coming up next. Encore presentation of Table for Two between nine and ten o'clock. 10 a.m. Kedem presents our amazing Erev Shabbos music mix today. At 1 p.m., in honor of Eitan Katz's appearance tomorrow night at the Young Israel of Teaneck, Mark Zamek has loaded in some amazing Eitan Katz selections. You'll hear that around 1 o'clock until 2 o'clock. Just keep the stream, keep our app going all day long. You'll be thrilled. Trust me on this. You'll be thrilled. There's no better way to prepare for Shabbos. Uh, get the NSN app. Simple as that. No better way to prepare for Shabbos. Um... Uh, that'll go until candlelighting time. Then great programming, of course, all through the weekend, including Matis on Sunday morning with JM Sunday. He continues an amazing streak of a great live presentation every single Sunday morning. Cannot thank him enough. Uh, Sunday at 1, we are at the uh, Elder Care event, as we said. And a big thank you to the Wolman family, as we said earlier. Uh, we'll be at the Elder Care event with Achiezer. Go to achiezer.org slash eldercare for information. And Sunday night at 7, you know what's going to happen. It's going to be uh, Elliot Weiselberg with the latest edition of the Shiva League Sports Update. We call it Court Report. Yeah, a nice, long, half-hour program called Court Report. Basketball, hockey, etc. Uh, 7 p.m., fresh new edition this coming Sunday night on the stream at jmdm.org and, of course, on the NSN app. So tune in and enjoy. Monday, we're back starting at 6 a.m., and uh, looking forward to speaking to you at the beginning of another great brand new week. Thanks for making us part of your day every single day. Time to say good job, Miss Candle Lighting at 426. It's Journeys at JM in the AM.
Achenu Yisrael and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Wraps up a phenomenal week for us here at JMNAM. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Don't forget, coming up next on jmnam.org and on the NSN app. Enjoy Naomi Nachman and Table for Two, then our Kedem presentation of the Erev Shabbos music mix. One o'clock, a special Eitan Katz hour. Uh, Mark Zamek prepared that in uh, honor of uh, Eitan's appearance tomorrow night at the Angel of Tinek. And uh, that'll, uh, the, the music mix will go all the way until candle lighting time. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend. We'll see you Sunday, 1 o'clock at the Elder Care event out in Queens for uh, Achiezer. Till Monday, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.